been going on the journey with us just to give you an idea of what Psalms of Ascent are. Uh, we've been reading this quote week in and week out because it really summarizes what the Psalms of Ascent are. Uh, the Psalms of Ascent consists of 15 Psalms from 120 through 134 in the book of Psalms. Or there are different ideas about what the ascent is referenced in this group. is all about likely possibilities that these Psalms were sung and prayed by pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem. They were traveling to the temple in Jerusalem to celebrate the three main festivals of the Hebrew people, Passover, Pentecost, and Booze, or also known as the Festival Weeks. Uh, no matter where they were, they would ascend toward Jerusalem because it was the heights, not all, uh, but, excuse me, the heights, but also because it was symbolically the spiritual point where God dwelt with human beings. And so we've been going through the journey of going from psalm to psalm to psalm, looking at the main themes that come out of that, because in the midst of we look at each theme of each chapter, there's things that we can learn about our own journey with God, our own journey with Jesus. And uh, you can kind of see that they almost build upon each other in the midst of the journey as they are singing these songs as they head towards Jerusalem. Here's what I've been kind of thinking about actually through this whole sermon series, and it seems fitting to talk about this week as we get into Psalm 122 is uh, back then they would go to Jerusalem, like we talked about on this journey, pilgrimage with Jesus or with God to Jerusalem. It made me think, like in our culture, the way we operate as Christians, where do we pilgrimage? Like where do we go on a journey to go and experience God? Yeah, here, definitely here for part of it. But even in the midst of us coming together here, like where, where else do we do that? Like we, we don't, we, we don't really have that in our culture. There may be certain experiences that we have. Um, and I think that as we look at Psalm 122 today and we look at what they did, we can begin to look at even today of the things we've been celebrating today. I think there's something that God has for us that we need to think about in regards to pilgrimage of going and experiencing him, of getting out of the mundane of what we normally do, what we get caught up in and ask ourselves this question, what is it that Jesus wants me to actually go on a journey with him on? What experiences does he want me to have? And what environments is, is he actually inviting me in to experience him in a powerful way? Psalm 122, love for you to turn there. This is what the writer David says. He says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statue given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of those of the Lord our God, I will seek, for the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. I want you to notice how the setting is changing from psalm to psalm to psalm. Verse 1, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us go to the temple and then what does it say? Our feet are standing in your gates. What's that next word? Jerusalem. So this writer of the Psalms, 120, 121, 122, Psalm 120 started the journey of leaving their hometown and heading to Jerusalem, turning back to God. It was a song of repentance. 
Last week, Psalm 121, it's in the midst of the journey. As the, as the writer is writing, saying, we're in the midst of this journey, and I'm looking to the hills. Where does my help come from, the writer says. And so it's a writing of, of in the midst of the journey back to Jerusalem, writing about that actual journey. And then we get to actually Psalm 122. Where is the present presence reality of this psalm? Where are they now? They're in Jerusalem. They've arrived to the destination. They've arrived where they're supposed to be, to go and celebrate all that God has for them. Why was Jerusalem so important? If you're new to the scripture, Jerusalem is the outpost where God's spirit is reigning and ruling through the temple. It's where you go to experience God. It's where you go to hear from him. And so it's God's spirit that dwells in the temple and the holy city. And so they've arrived. They've arrived to experience God in a powerful way. In verse 3, it says, Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. This is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statue given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. I want you to notice that the tribes of the Lord, it's a group of people that are extremely diverse, all sorts of different people that are coming to Jerusalem, all sorts of people that are coming to experience God in a powerful, powerful way. And here's the thing that I think that made the trip so powerful is they're coming to celebrate the three festivals. They're coming to celebrate what God has done for them. They're coming to celebrate some very specific things. And these are reminders for them as to why they need to praise. I love that, that DJ started talking about praise different than worship a part of worship but praise why do we come to jerusalem to praise well the one festival the festival of pentecost celebration of pentecost is is a celebration that god created a covenant with me with you that god said i want to be in relationship with you the god of the universe is not a god that is distant he is not a God that, that you can't have a relationship with. He says, I actually want to make a covenant with you. And even when you don't uphold your end of the covenant, I will keep my covenant with you. So the people are coming to celebrate that reality, a reality that's important for every single person to actually come to grips with, that God actually wants to have a relationship with you. And he paved a way to have that relationship with you. Not only that, but that God redeemed you. Passover, you would come and you would rehearse the story over and over and over again that God rescued you from Egypt. And all the different ways that he showed himself faithful over and over and over again. Coming to Jerusalem to celebrate that reality that God redeemed you, that you're not defined by your sin, you're not defined by your brokenness, but that God's come to, to redeem you. And then not only that, but that God also provided for you. These are the three truths as the people are coming back to Jerusalem, they're celebrating and they're being reminded of these things. And I do know this, that when we are reminded of what God has done for us, it always leads us to worship. It leads us to worship. And so for us, we have to ask ourselves this question. When we come on Sunday morning, are we coming to be reminded 
knowing that we need to be reminded of who God is, what he's done for you, and what he's inviting you into next. We've been celebrating the last couple weeks a couple things. Uh, By the way, uh, this is how I know that God works, is when people share what is going on inside their hearts. Um, You would think that today that I sat down with DJ and was like, hey, just so you know, I really want you to hammer on praise this morning. No, we didn't have that conversation, but we're talking about praise, and he's bringing it up. Jeff comes up, hey, I just want to share with you some things. Man, men's retreat. Why was men's retreat so powerful? We were there for 40 hours, and I just spent some calculations. 40 hours, this is what we did. Five hours of worship and teaching, a minimum of five hours of small group time because some guys went longer into the night talking, which was fantastic. I'm going to guess an average of 10 hours of sleeping over two nights. That's an average. Some of you a little bit less, some of you a little bit more because we were partying too hard for you. Anyway, the rest of the time was spent in relationship over food or activity. And just like last year and this year, guys coming together and saying, I've never experienced anything like this where God spoke to me so powerfully. And I was with a bunch of guys hanging out during a weekend, not getting drunk. And really, my heart is full. My heart is full. Why? Because men are being reminded of what God has done for them And worship then is the result, praising God for what he is, who he is, and what he's done. Our women's night of worship, over 30 women that are coming here. And the first thing that I heard about this morning was how amazing it was on Friday night from multiple women. God speaking, God moving. Why? Because we're being reminded over and over again of who God is, what he's done for us, and that he's the one that's worthy of our worship. I don't know about you. We have to be committed to these things because I'm a forgetful person. You're a forgetful person. We forget often of who God is and what he's done for us. And David is writing and saying, it's in Jerusalem. All sorts of different types of people come to celebrate, to praise, to worship, and to be reminded of who God is and what he's done as he declares righteousness over his people, what it is that he wants us to live out. He goes on to write in verse six. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within our walls and security within our citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. You see, the environment of Jerusalem leads David to a place of prayer and worship. It leads him to a place of seeking after the welfare of the city and its people and asking for peace. Something that we all long for. Something that we all desire. Pray for the welfare of God's city and his people. And here's the good news. As we learned last month in our Christmas series, that the temple where God's spirit resides, that when Jesus' death on the cross for the sins of us, that as he redeemed us and bought us back, it says that the temple veil was torn and God's spirit left. And that God's spirit now remains, resides in you. In you. 
And so just as David prayed for the welfare of the city, just as David prayed for the welfare of his people and asked that God would bring peace upon them, we as God's people, Christians, now can pray for the welfare of his people. That we would be a people that pray for one another, that pray for peace for each other. Romans 8, Paul says this, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you you. Jesus' spirit is in you. 1 Peter 2.5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Not Jerusalem. You are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are Jerusalem. We are the place where we come together to be reminded of what God has done for us and to worship him and to praise him and to celebrate who he is and to ask God, God, would you bring peace among your people? Would you bring prosperity to your name across the world? And as God's people, we are called to come together in real community to celebrate and to worship God. That's what we as believers are called to do which is the reason why we look at, at Hebrews 10. The writer says plainly, what are we supposed to do? Let's hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who has promised is faithful. Let how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Here's the thing. Um, last week, was a little treacherous out on the roads. Would you guys agree? A little bit crazy. I told my wife, I said, listen, um, I just want you to try and make an effort to come to church. And if you're not comfortable, just head back home. Um, she got stuck right outside our driveway coming to church last week. Like uh, the neighbors had to push me back into the garage twice. So she went backwards down the driveway, didn't make it, went up, and she's like, let me give it one more gusto, and she, and stuck, right? We said, if, if you don't feel comfortable, if you don't have the vehicle to, to get here, then just stay home. We've got online. At the same time, we will make every effort possible to be here to come and worship together, amen? Why? Because God's God's worthy of our worship and our praise. And yes, for those of you that are online, like we love that you're online. We love that we have that technology. I, I will just say this. It is different being here than it is watching through the living room. Are you with me this morning? It's different because God's spirit is here with us as he speaks to us and God's spirit's in your living room. But we're called to be together with his people, to come together to praise and to worship We will always do everything we can in every power to come here and to be together because that's what we're called to do, to go on pilgrimage, to go on the journey, to experience God in a powerful, powerful way. So you gotta have an expectation that we're actually going to gather, that we're gonna commit to this. We're gonna commit to one another, to be reminded of what God has done for us, done for you. Not only that, but I would say this, it's not just Sunday. How many of you guys are in a men's group, women's group, home group? Raise your hand. 
the ability for you to come together. Let us not give up meeting together. Why? Because it's in real relationship. When we get into these small groups, that we actually get into the nitty-gritty of what's really going on in our lives, we begin to live real relationship with one another. The great things of praise that God is doing in our lives and also talking about the difficult things. It's why we come together. Not just, not just our men's group, our women's group, our homes group. Why, why do we have a youth retreat for our high schoolers coming up next month? Because our high schoolers need to pilgrimage with Jesus to come together to be reminded what God has done. Why do we do a men's retreat? Because we need to be reminded of what God's done and is doing. Why do we continue to do these things? I, I would argue that now more than ever, we, we probably, maybe this is just selfish because I really liked high school camp growing up, but I think we as adults need to figure out a way to get away from here and come together somewhere, some capacity to be reminded of what God's done for us and to praise him. I don't know about you, I, I was like a, I, I felt like I was in, in high school all over again, like staying up till one in the morning, waking up at 6 a.m. at men's retreat. Like, I was like, this is, I'm, I'm partying hard up here, right? But seriously, guys, that's the thing I, the closest thing I can come to of, of where we are in our society about pilgrimage. Going to a place, to a destination, to hear and experience God through worship and relationship with his people. There's going to come a day where we're going to have a women's retreat. Women, amen? Some of you guys are like, ah, not doing that. I tell you, we're called to gather. I want to just highlight this. If you're struggling in your marriage, if you're not struggling in your marriage, when was the last time you pilgrimaged with Jesus in your marriage? You went somewhere to hear from him, to experience him, for him to speak over your marriage, to talk about difficult things. I just want to highlight something for you that was impactful for me and my wife. Weekend to remember is February 23rd through the 25th. If you've never done Weekend to Remember, I'd be saying, well, it's not McCall. You're right, it's not McCall. It's downtown Boise. However, Leave the kids with grandma and grandpa. Leave the kids with somebody. And go pilgrimage. Go on a journey. Go to a place to be reminded of what God's called you to be in your marriage. That your marriage is not just supposed to be a living arrangement. That your marriage has the ability to be a light to the world where Jesus is at the center of it. And if you're struggling, there's no better place than here at the church to say, we're struggling just so you know, we've got people that have struggled in their marriage and God has seen them to the other side of it. And I can tell you right now, they would be willing to share their story with you to help give you some perspective as to what God can do in your marriage if you're willing to put him at the center of it. We're called to gather. We're called to come together. And when we come together, I want to ask you this question. Do you have an expectation and excitement when we gather together? And this is one thing that I, I love about our church is you can tell whether there's, last week there was hardly anybody here, and this week there's a lot more people here. The environment was the same. Expectation and excitement to worship Jesus. No matter what we're going through in life, 
a commitment to saying we're going to come together and we're going to praise God for what he's doing in our lives, of who he is, what he's inviting us into, an expectation that we need to be reminded, an expectation to cultivate an atmosphere like Jerusalem. The men's ministry team in debrief talked about our men's retreat. Man, just spirit was alive. Sunday morning, the spirit's alive. Why? Because we're coming as God's people, reminded, celebrating what he's doing. And here's the other thing, being honest. If we are struggling, being honest about the hurt, being honest, as we looked last week, I need help, Lord. And so as we come and as we gather, do we do we have the mindset that we're called to actually be God's people? As Jeff said, it's through us that God does his work. An expectation to pray for each other, to seek the good for each other. Shalom, peace that David prayed about. And an expectation to be the city of God, a city on a hill calling people to worship. What if we committed ourselves to God and his people? What if we committed ourselves to God and his people? You say, what? I mean, I'm, I'm here on Sunday morning. It's a great start. But what Jesus is calling you is to something deeper. He's calling you to real relationship with him and real relationship with other people because he's been faithful to you. So what if we commit ourselves to being here, to being in group, regardless of how we feel? And we allowed God's truth to speak over us in the midst of the heartache. So I just want to ask you, what do you need to be reminded of this morning? And what commitment do you need to make to God? Some of you need to be baptized. Some of you need to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. And you need to decide, I want God's Spirit to rule and reign inside of me. Some of you need to take the next step of becoming a disciple maker. You're leading yourself. You're leading your family. And now God's inviting you to lead other men and women who are trying to figure out this journey. And what commitment do you need to make to God's people? Some of you might be saying, well, man, I, I love Jesus. But man, I don't know about his church. And I'll just be honest with you, like, Jesus' bride. It's wonderful. It's also difficult, much like it is sometimes in your marriage. But just to use this analogy, you may you've heard it before. If, if someone were to come to me, a guy were to come to me that I've become really good friends with, and he would say, you know what, Justin, I really like you, but I can't stand your wife. How would that go? I'd say deuces to that guy. Because me and my wife, we're, it's a package deal. You go, yeah. And Jesus is saying, 
I love you. But the church is my bride. We're a package deal. So Jesus is inviting you to make a commitment to him and a commitment to his people. To be reminded of who he is and allow his people to work in you and through you. And so what does it look like for you to take a next step of saying, I'm going to praise and worship Jesus and I'm going to commit to his people the welfare of his people, prayer for his people, just like David prayed over the city of Jerusalem. As we get ready for communion this morning, I want to invite you to these reminders. And I want you to pray about those questions this morning. Is what commitment do you need to make to God? What commitment do you need to make to his people? And as we get ready for communion, if you came and you didn't receive the elements as you came in, and you would like to take communion with us, I want to invite you to just raise your hand. And these amazing servants would love to give you the elements so that you can take communion together as a family after we get done praying. Excellent. Let's spend some time praying and getting ready for communion. the night that he was betrayed he broke bread with his disciples and he said this bread represents my body which is broken for you eat in remembrance of me then he raised a cup of wine and he blessed and he said this represents my blood which is spilled for you drink in remembrance of me let's pray
Lord, we thank you that your word